everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. As some of you know, I am an insomniac, and today we are going to build on that by talking about election nightmares. And we are joined by my friend, the show's producer, Joe Armstrong. Joe, welcome back. Thanks, Jessica. How are you? Yes, insomnia. I've seen you post about this on the socials many, many times. All those times when I'm sleeping and then I wake up in the morning and you're <laughs> posting at 3.42 in the a.m. that you haven't slept. You haven't been asleep at 3.42 in the a.m. in months, it seems like, sometimes. So this is kind of like strangely negative territory. You know, there's a lot of doomsday scenarios kind of bouncing around out there. But is this whole concept just election doomsday porn, giving people an opportunity to talk about the worst possible outcomes at all times? But how real are these scenarios when it comes to the Trump administration not accepting election results? Everybody, are you holding your favorite blanket or stuffy or comfort object? It's real. So I hope it doesn't come to fruition, but it's not crazy that we're talking about it. So I would love for all of this to be really far-fetched. I would love for all of it to just be an interesting intellectual exercise. But we're living through an administration, and specifically, we're living with a president who is very openly saying things like, the election is rigged. You can't trust the election results, that the system is stacked against you because it's filled with corruption. We're having very serious conversations about whether or not there will be a peaceful transfer of power, which, as you and I have talked about, is really a hallmark of our nation. It's something that we've prided ourselves on. And so, no, it's not at all crazy. And let's also remember that Elections in the U.S. are decentralized, which means there's basically 50 elections that we run uh, state by state and, in fact, precinct by precinct. It gets messy. A lot of things can go wrong. Then you add into that recipe the fact that you have a president who's trying to undermine the system. Add into that something that we've talked about in other areas, which is Our Constitution and our federal laws, and in fact, some of our state laws, don't envision a president who is going to just say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to leave. They do to a certain extent, but they don't envision every possibility. And they aren't, in fact, quite as strong as we might think. So with all of those truly terrifying thoughts, should we t- should we break out some spe- should we get even more specific and say there isn't just a generalized fear you should have here are some of the not entirely out of the realm of possibility nightmares that could befall us Oh, yes. Let's do that. Let's feed those nightmares because we want them to be healthy when they get out there into the world. So jump in, Jessica. Well, actually, before we jump in, let me say something that I said on an episode that you and I did before about whether or not President Trump could send in poll watchers. And let's emphasize this, which is the way that you can take power over your government, over ensuring that you have a vote is to try and vote by mail as early as you can. And so if you need to request a ballot, request a ballot. If you will are in a state where the ballot's automatically going to come to you, fill it out and don't wait. Send that ballot back in as quickly as you can or bring it to a Dropbox or bring it to an official polling place when you can. 
it, think about all these things well before Halloween. You don't want a nightmarish, terrifying scenario. You want Halloween to be scary enough in a fun way. You don't want to deal with this. So having said that, what are some of the things that we're worried about? Well, as we just said, one of the issues is whether or not President Trump can send in law enforcement to watch the polls. And we did a separate episode on that. I'm not going to uh, retread everything we just said, other than a lot of this is about just saying it and chilling people's desire to go to the polls and voter intimidation. What about not having poll watchers, but ordering polls to be closed and using COVID-19, which the president has not taken particularly seriously before, as a pretext for saying, you know, we have to close the polls. There's a nationwide emergency or there's an emergency just in specific areas with specific voters, and therefore we're closing the polls. That's one of the things that we worry about. Another action that the president could take is something that we've seen playing out, trying to sabotage the U.S. Postal Service by maybe nominating and appointing a postmaster general who is doesn't have a lot of experience with the Postal Service, who is implementing cost-cutting measures that might actually slow mail service exactly when we don't want to slow it. So the Postmaster General recently testified before Congress and then Senate. He has said that he will not implement measures that will slow the vote. But again, don't wait. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't rely on the idea that the Postal Service will work as functioned. And then should we move on to cyber attacks? This is the year to forego your I voted sticker. Just mail the ballot in. So, yes. What's next on the uh, the parade of horrors? Well, actually, before we turn the corner on the parade, in California, I think they mail you a vote by that I voted sticker with your vote by mail ballot because I, I have them up around the house from various elections. It just wouldn't be right to put that sticker on your shirt if you didn't vote. So don't cheat. Exactly. Don't don't just take the sticker and then leave the ballot on the kitchen table. So, all right, turning the turning the corner on the parade of horribles. Uh, what if there's a cyber attack? So, what if, for instance, a um, foreign country tries to screw up the power grid in a swing area of a swing state? Now, what happens after that? There are a bunch of people who want to vote. But they can't vote because without electricity, the voting machines don't work. You can't get the proper equipment that you need. You know, poll workers are desperately trying to allow you to vote provisionally. But now we're walking down a road of people are going to run to federal judges. What are federal judges going to do? Are federal judges going to say you can vote the next day once the power grid situation is rectified. You don't want to be in that place. Again, how can you avoid worrying about the power grid, worrying about a cyber attack, worrying about electricity? Use the vote by mail system and do it early so that you don't have to be standing in line hoping that the lights will go back on on election day. And next, uh, our not, I think our parade route brings us to the House of Representatives. Are you ready, Joe? 
Oh, my favorite. I love the House of Representatives. I've got my House of Representatives trading cards right here. Uh, I've eaten all the gum, or I've chewed all the gum. So, yeah, okay. Where do we go from here? What's what, What's up at the House? All right. So we are used to, in our country, that you and I will either vote by mail or we'll go to a polling place, and uh, then we watch the results come in, and and then we, of course, don't actually directly elect the president, but we elect the electors. We vote for the slate of the electors, who will then in December vote for the president, and the House of Representatives doesn't don't themselves vote. Now, there could be a situation where the House of Representatives does, in fact, get involved. This hasn't happened since the 1800s. But think about a situation where the election on election day just, quote unquote, doesn't pan out. So, for instance, what if Republican-controlled state legislatures won't certify results saying that there's been widespread fraud? And so we can't count up enough members of the Electoral College. Or what if the election in the Electoral College, for other reasons, is simply just too close to call? Again, maybe there was a cyber attack in one state and we uh, are calling the results of those states into question. Now, you can send the election to the House of Representatives under the Constitution. And now people might think, okay, well, the House is dominated by Democrats. There are more Democrats than Republicans. So that would actually be a good thing for Joe Biden. Sadly, listeners, think again. In fact, under the Constitution, each state delegation gets one vote. And so this would favor Republicans. So if you had a situation where the election goes to the House, again, I don't think that this is likely, but it is something that's happened in the history of our country. Uh, This would be something that would look very good for President Trump. Now, what about something slightly different in the House where you would need to, for instance, let's say the president of the Senate, who happens to be Vice President Mike Pence, tries to chair a joint session of Congress. But let's say the newly elected Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, doesn't want to allow the joint session, meaning that the House is not going to, in fact, vote for the next president, that there won't, in fact, be a joint session to try and rectify what's happening. At that point, you might have the President's Succession Act. Who then is the President of the United States if President Trump and Vice President Pence are out of the picture? It's Nancy Pelosi. Very unlikely we get to this situation, but she is third in line uh, to the presidency. And again, if you remove President Trump, you move Vice President Pence, she is the next person. Now, again, very unlikely. What is much more likely, I think we should end with, which is election night uncertainty, which leads to uh, practical and legal chaos. So are you ready to step back a bit and go into our shoes when it comes to the evening of November 3rd? I shudder to think. (laughs) Tell me more, Jessica. Tell me more. One scenario we can think of is that things look good for President Trump on election night, that 
the votes that came in earlier or the votes that are counted earlier, in fact, look like President Trump maybe won't win the national popular vote, but things are looking pretty good for him in the Electoral College. And so maybe you even have a conservative media outlet call the election for President Trump. Or maybe you don't, but everybody says it looks like President Trump's going to win. But then more votes are counted. And then there's something called a blue shift that occurs. I did not term that particular phrase, but others have. And what that means is because we have an election where more people are going to vote by mail, it just takes longer for all of the votes to be counted. That's how the system is supposed to work. We're supposed to count every vote and we're not supposed to do it based on a sprint, but instead based on a marathon. There's no trophy for speed in this case. But we can imagine that as the president of the United States, as conservative members of the media are saying President Trump was winning, but now people don't like that outcome. So there's widespread voter fraud. There's widespread corruption. People are rigging the election now, just stuffing ballot boxes later to make it look like uh, Vice President Biden, candidate Biden, is actually starting to win. This would be a scary narrative because it would just sow so much chaos But in fact, it would be the system working as it should, because, again, when you're voting in a pandemic and more people are voting by mail and there are some states that don't even start counting uh, votes until Election Day, it could take a while. Listeners do not expect to get the results on election night. It may not happen. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, there might be something right with that. It means that election officials are taking their time to count the votes. But one can imagine a concerted public relations campaign by the Trump administration saying, I won and now they're stealing the votes. And so again, at that point, we're depending on the public to understand that that's not happening and perhaps the judiciary to explain that that's not happening. So, Joe Armstrong, do you feel you can sleep again before Election Day, or have I just scared the bejesus out of everybody? Well, if nothing else, Jessica, now I fully understand why you yourself do not sleep very well at night. Uh, Nightmare scenarios all. It will be very curious to see which of these plays out. Hopefully none of these play out. Hopefully... Uh, the election goes smoothly, regardless of who, which candidate wins. Hopefully we can get through this election season without violence, without civil unrest. Um, but the way things are going in our country right now, I've got to be pessimistic and say I'm not terribly hopeful about that. I'm sorry to say, but uh, that is my greatest hope that we get through this election season peacefully. Well, there's so much that can go wrong when everybody is well-meaning and well-intentioned when it comes to our elections, that this is why, you know, it's a old saying, but that the prayer of every election administration official the night before the election is, please let this not be close. And now we have on top of just the normal messiness, um, we have a president of the United States who's really trying to undercut the system. So let's end where we began. Listeners, you do have power. One Be educated about what can happen and what you can do. As we've said before, one of the things you can do, make sure you're registered, request that ballot, fill in that ballot, get that ballot back, and then understand that we might not know what the election results are right away. Joe Armstrong, I hope that we do a 
special Thanksgiving episode where we give thanks for an election that functioned as it should. We give thanks for the idea that there were not these nightmare scenarios that if the president of the United States does not win, that we had a peaceful transfer of power, that if he did win, that we all feel that the election was fair. And listeners, go outside, enjoy your favorite drink of choice, whether it be adult or otherwise, because after listening to this, we definitely understand you might need a break. And you can find Joe, our producer, talented musician, good friend of mine on social media at in Depth day he has a podcast called independence day you can find me on twitter at levinson jessica the podcast on twitter at past judgment pod the podcast on instagram at passing judgment pod with that everybody again get outside try and sleep well and we will see you next time absolutely sleepy time tea for you and optimist juice for me thank you jessica thanks joe